Hi, everybody. This is Jimmy DeYoung. Thank you very much for joining us for a study of God's prophetic word. The Bible tells us there are events that will unfold just prior to the return of the Messiah, Jesus Christ. One of those things that will happen is the nations that surround the city of Jerusalem. And by the way, Jerusalem is the center of the earth. That's Ezekiel chapter 5 and verse 5. These nations will align themselves in the last days to come against the Jewish state of Israel. Alignment of the Nations, that's the name of a CD that we have available. And you can listen to the introduction to this study of the nations and how they align themselves. What about the nations mentioned in God's Word? Who are they today? Well, that's what we're going to study on Alignment of the Nations. It's a five-hour study, an audio study on CD available to you. May I invite you right now to take a moment and let's begin our study of Alignment of the Nations. Mankind's master plan. Turn in your Bible to the beginning and let's see how the plan was instituted, in fact, by God. Genesis chapter 1, if you will, and verse 28. We know Genesis chapter 1 is creation. We understand in Genesis chapter 1 that God on the sixth day creates man and woman. He brings them together. Look what he says in verse 28, Genesis 1, 28, the first commandment in God's word. Here it is. And God blessed them and he said unto them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over it. Be fruitful, multiply and fill the earth. And only Adam and Eve standing around. God comes along and says, you need some more people here. Be fruitful, multiply and fill the earth. That was the first command God gave. And then we go through Genesis to chapter 9. Chapter 9 of Genesis is Noah after the flood. All except eight people. Noah, his three sons, their four wives had been destroyed. We'll look at that in just a moment, and especially tomorrow, when we understand what God was allowing Satan to do in a strategic plan that he had set forth. But in chapter 9 of the book of Genesis, the first words that God says after the flood, look what it says. And God blessed Noah and his sons, and he said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. And so now God, after having destroyed everybody except eight people, he gives the command again, Be fruitful, multiply, and replenish the earth. There was mankind's master plan. Be fruitful, multiply, and fill the earth with people. People who then could, of their own free will and choice, choose to love God. And that's what he did this for. That's why he created. He didn't create robots. He could have created people and say, yeah, I love you, God. All right, I'll do what you tell me. He didn't do that. He created all of us in the free will. We can choose to either do it or not do it. And so that was mankind's master plan. But he had underlined that a subplan that was going to be to section off these people into the nations of the world. And that's where I want to get to. I want to talk about, first of all, the origins of the nations. The origins of the nations. Uh, before I do that, before I get to the origins of the nations, let's set the stage. Let's think about and a preview of Genesis 1 to 12. 
You know how Genesis goes, don't you? The first 2,000 years of human history. Genesis 1 is creation. Genesis 2, the special effects of creation. Genesis 3 is the fall of man. Genesis 4 is the story of Cain and Abel. Genesis 5 is genealogies. Genesis 6, 7, and 8 is Noah and the flood. Genesis 9 is Noah after the flood. Genesis 10 is genealogies. Genesis 11 is the Tower of Babel. Genesis 12 is the call of Abraham out of Ur the Chaldees. And that's 2,000 years of human history. See if you can give me that back. These students probably can do it, but let's see if the... uh, Oldie Goldies can do it back there. Genesis 1 is what? Creation. Genesis 2, special effects of creation. Genesis 3, fall of man. Genesis 4, story of Cain and Abel. Genesis 5, everybody gets genealogies. Genesis 6, 7, and 8, Noah and the flood. Genesis 9, Noah after the flood. Genesis 10, genealogies. Genesis 11, tower of Babel. Genesis 12, call of Abraham out of Ur the Chaldees. Unbelievable what's in there. Got your Bible open to Genesis? Look here. In Genesis 1, of course, we have creation. Genesis 2, we go back and God rehearses some of the uh, special effects of creation, how things came together. Very exciting to see how that all comes together. Now in Genesis chapter 3, a fallen angel whose original name was Lucifer shows up as a serpent in the Garden of Eden. Garden of Eden, located someplace over near Kuwait. Uh, By the way, isn't that interesting? We're talking about Saddam Hussein in Iraq who goes into Kuwait. In other words, where it all started, it's all coming back to. And so he goes into the Garden of Eden and he there brings into confusion Adam and Eve. He uses deception. He causes them to fall. Then he makes the first promise of a coming Messiah, Genesis chapter 3 and verse 15. Chapter 4 now. And Adam knew his wife, and she conceived and bare Cain and said, I have gotten a man from the Lord. And she again bare his brother Abel. And Abel was a keeper of the sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. And you know the story of Cain and Abel, how the tiller of the ground brings his gift, basically vegetables, and the keeper of sheep, Abel, brings his gift, which was the firstborn of his flock, and they give him as a sacrifice or as an offering unto the Lord. Of course, God rejects Cain's offering. That causes him to be uptight with his brother Abel, who indeed he was his brother's keeper, and he kills him. Well, that's chapter 4, but chapter 4 is not complete unless we then find out that Cain gets married. And by the way, to answer the question, if you're concerned about where Cain got his wife, it was his sister that he married. It's the only thing that it, the only person it could have been was his sister. Adam and Eve were the first, and they had to have children, and he had a sister. They don't list the sisters here, but that was his sister. Now, in verse 16 of chapter 4 of Genesis, and Cain went out from the presence of the Lord and dwelt in the land of Nod on the east of Eden, probably out towards China, from Kuwait, where Eden was located, I believe. He goes out to the east to Nod. Nod is literally means, a Hebrew word meaning to wander. And there it was when Cain goes out. He marries a wife. He's going to go out. He's going to have children. He's wandering around over here. And his first son, Enoch, is going to be the one who's going to establish a city. Verse 17. And Cain knew his wife. And she conceived and bare Enoch. And by the way, this is not the Enoch that went to be in the heavenlies. Here's a genealogy or a portion of a genealogy for Cain in chapter 4 that's different than the genealogy of chapter 5. You need to make note of that. And then it goes ahead and it talks about how music came into existence 
how uh, the nomads came into existence. They raised cattle. They had their tents, it says in verse 20, how brass and iron were used to make uh, tools. I mean, this is really a, a very progressive culture that is coming into existence. Chapter 5, we see a genealogy from Adam to Noah, verse 32, and Noah was 500 years old, and Noah begot Shem, Ham, and Jepheth. And so we have, notice the genealogy, because I'm laying a groundwork in this first session, by the way, for the rest of the week, and we're going to be coming back to much of this, but notice that Genesis chapter 5 is a genealogy from Adam to Noah and his three sons. It's setting up a progression showing who was having children, and in fact, it was also showing that when they came to a certain age, they would die. Noah happened to be 930 years of age when he died. Look at verse 5. And all the days, excuse me, Adam, and all the days that Adam lived were 930 years, and he died. And so you're seeing now uh, the, the genealogy of Adam over to Noah. By the way, when creation took place, I think it took place approximately 6,000 years ago, 4,000 B.C., and then you have a man named Adam who is the first man created. He lives for 930 years. And then you're going to have the flood come along. And at 600 years of age, Genesis chapter 6, Noah is going to be alive at 600 when the flood takes place. That's going to be approximately 2500 B.C. or 1500 years after creation. So Adam, the first man, lives more than half of the period of time between creation and the flood. In Genesis 6, 7, and 8, we have Noah and the flood. I'll tell you in our continuing studies why the flood took place. There is a definite reason for the flood taking place, and we'll study that as we look at chapter 6, 7, and 8. Noah, after the flood now, chapter 9, capital punishment is established. There's so much in Genesis, and in these first 12 chapters of the book of Genesis, he gives, this is the establishment or the institution of human government. He established in Genesis chapter 2 the institution of marriage. In Acts chapter 2, he establishes the institution of the church. There are three God-ordained and God-established institutions. The family, government, human government, and the church. And here in chapter 9 of Genesis, he said, because when he gives forth capital punishment, in other words, you murder somebody, you're going to die. If you shed blood, you're going to shed your own blood. You're going to have to give up your life for that. Within the confines of that is all of human government. And there he establishes human government in Genesis chapter 9. Chapter 10, another genealogy. I'm missing so much that we could go through. Chapter 10, a genealogy. Chapter 11, out of that genealogy comes the personality who's going to be involved in trying to build a tower that will show greatness for establishing a city in a place called Babel beginning of the Babylonian Empire that has been in existence almost 6,000 years now and is still in existence. That's chapter 11. Chapter 12 is the call of Abraham out of Ur of the Chaldees, down also near Kuwait, not very far from the Garden of Eden, and God calls this man Abram up over the Fertile Crescent and into the state of what we know Israel today, Cana at that time. By the way, it's interesting to note uh, I was sitting on a boat on the Sea of Galilee one day trying to uh, witness to a Jewish lady looking for an opportunity to say something to her. And she looked up at me and she says, I don't know what's wrong with you Christians. Don't you know the first Christian was a Jew? And I said, listen, woman, I, yeah, pretty right on target. Yeah, first Christian was a Jew. 
And then I looked at her and said, I don't know what's wrong with you Jews. She said, why? I said, don't you know the first Jew was a Gentile? She said, he was? I said, yeah. <laughs> she said, how that happened? I said, well, look at chapter 12 of the book of Genesis. And I took her and, and, and followed through. And so the first Jew being a Gentile, Abraham, who became a Hebrew, Genesis 14, whose grandson became Israel, Genesis 32, whose great-grandson Judah became the first Jew, 2 Kings chapter 16. And there you have now the Jewish people coming into existence out of Genesis chapter 12. One of the great indicators that Jesus Christ is about to return to the earth, his second coming, would be the alignment of the nations and how they come into focus as they form coalitions to come against the Jewish state of Israel. You've had opportunity to listen to the introduction to this study of alignment of the nations. By the way, the entire five-hour audio series is available on CD. It's entitled Alignment of the Nations. You can go to our website and order it, www.prophecytoday.com, or you can call our toll-free number. That is 8-PROPHECY-8. It's a toll-free number from across America, 877-674-3298. You need to understand how the nations of the world in the end times will align themselves against the Jewish state of Israel. By the way, my friend, that is exactly what is happening right now, evidence of the soon coming of Jesus Christ. And remember, before he steps back on the earth, seven years prior to that, the rapture of the church. And the rapture of the church could actually take place at any moment. And having said that, nothing left for me to say, except let's keep looking up until... <laughs> 